What is up, everybody? I am Aunt Anthony, the Italian ace, whatever you want to call me. And I am joined by my good friend and co-host for today's episode. Introduce yourself, my friend. Uh, it is Tyler Peters. Uh, we still don't have a gimmick, but I'm happy to join you for the NXT Heat Wave uh, review and results show. And, and it's always an honor, my friend. Uh, to bring a little bit of the Southern hospitality up there to Connecticut. Ooh, yes, we definitely need some of that here because Connecticut is filled with a lot of like irritable people. Really. I guess is the word I would use. Irritable. Well, we have those here too. So, yeah. uh, um, but I feel like I haven't done an NXT recap in a really long time. To be honest, I haven't really watched it. I know you and I talk a little bit off air. Uh, sure. It's been it's been good. It's just there's been a lot of wrestling going on. But after Triple H took over, I said, you know what? I'm going to start something new. I'm going to start recapping again, starting with Heat Wave. So we are here to recap Heat And it was a good show. Um, a lot of talent was utilized really well. And uh, yeah, I thought it was it was cool to see what the NXT people were doing nowadays. I remember when it was the black and gold brand, and I was all into it there. I yeah, saw a lot it. of good memories from uh, when it was yeah. uh, that uh, version of NXT. But this was a solid show. Of course, there's always going to be things we don't enjoy or like. That's with any fan. Yeah, of course. And you know, it's there's there is a lot to talk about from the night. But yeah, so right now, I'm assuming at this point in time. Shawn Michaels is kind of running the show of NXT, if I'm correct. I believe so, because he's also, if I'm not mistaken, over the UK brand. Now it's going to be eventually Europe in 2023. Yep. And he got promoted. I forget the title now. That's how hey, good my memory is. Talent development. There you go. Something yep. along those lines. Thank you, sir. Well, I just thought I would take a look, too, to kind of see what his idea of talent is, because if he's going to be developing and kind of sort of, he's pretty much kind of doing like a Jim Ross role, right? Like, what is he, is he like? Kind of like a talent relations type thing. Okay. Well, I know that would be Triple H, uh, realistically. It's like making currently. for people. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it, it's kind of similar, I, I would think, but I've been known to be wrong, obviously, so. Well, you're a Cornette fan, so I mean. Well, hey, wait a minute. That's fighting words there, buddy. I have to always throw out. I love Jim Cornette. I have to always. Sure. No, I, I know you do. I'm giving you a hard time. That, that's going to be the running joke. You know, we got to throw in Cornette. That, love it, man. Okay, so anyway, speaking of getting hot, this is the first time I talk about Jim Cornette. It is NXT Heat Wave 2022, and um, Paul Heyman did the voiceover for this. I was kind of upset because I'm like, dude, aren't you supposed to be like fucked up and injured? Why are you talking for NXT? But it's okay. But it's Paul Heyman. I mean, I, I get it. The old school mentality. You just uh, spoke about it. Why didn't he sell it a little more? But I think he does a, a fabulous job narrating these uh, videos. I mean, Paul Heyman is just not only a genius and so creative, but the way he can convey his words are just astonishing to me. And I do respect the fact that Triple H, I like when people know that wrestling fans are smart. Obviously, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, Heat Wave was an ECW pay-per-view. So obviously, 
you know, why wouldn't you have Paul Heyman? I would have loved to have Joey Styles uh, do it, though, to be quite honest. But Paul Heyman. Yeah, Joey Styles is very talented, and he brought a lot of passion and energy. That's what made him so unique and set him apart from a lot of your uh, even great wrestling broadcasters. Joey Styles uh, made things his own. Oh, my God. I, I was about to say, I, somebody had to cue Ant to uh, do the Joey Styles uh, famous line just then. Yeah, he was very that's what you know watching the wrestling is about is hearing the like if i do a recap or like a watch along it's hard because i want to hear the fans i want to hear the announcers so it's like that's why i don't do watch alongs because i need to feel it um but anyways heat wave it was good like i said i like the fact that triple h recognizes that we would remember this stuff we're not that old like no, I, I'm not old I'm at not all. Old. I'm I'm still in my twenties. Boy, that's a lie. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you know, in this business, you gotta lie. You gotta lie. Well, to each their own. I, I didn't want to bury you there, but I'm staying away from that. <laughs> well, I I'm still in my twenties, so I'm a I'm a. Yeah, you're still bragging, ain't you? Yeah, I'm for still... us in our thirties. Hey, you better enjoy them because they start going by quick. It's coming up. I'll be 29 October 7th. So, See, uh, it's creeping up on you, the big 3-0. It's got one more year after this one. So uh, here we go. We start off with the North American Championship on the line. The North American Champion Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defending against Giovanni Vinci. Uh, and he don't miss Carmelo Hayes. No, he don't. And both men, I am going into this match. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew a lot of Carmelo Hayes. I knew Vince. We talked about this off here. He used to be a part of Imperium. Um, right. So Fabian Eichner, I think was his name. And I, I saw his work there. He was good as a tag team, but they rarely had, ever had him in singles competition. So I was excited to see sort of him going round one so there are some quick notes uh, Hayes nails a springboard clothesline and gets a two count Giovanni nails a springboard cross body and then he chops Carmelo Hayes uh, Giovanni nails a moonsault which gets a two count and then Hayes nails a springboard leg drop across the ropes and gets a two Carmelo nails a modified cutter which gets a two count a lot of back and forth action with this two um, Giovanni it was very good it was. He has a springboard moonsault, but Carmelo Hayes puts his foot on the ropes. Hayes tosses Giovanni to the steps. However, Giovanni power bombs Carmelo onto Trick Williams, and then Giovanni power bombs Williams. However, Carmelo meets Giovanni with a Hurricane Rana quick roll up, and he gets a three count to retain the NXT North American Championship. I gave this match an A because it was quick there wasn't a lot of stopping which i like the pacing was really good and yeah. uh, carmelo Hayes is great giovanni i felt like showed himself off too like i wasn't going into thinking about him but coming out of it i was thinking more of him than uh Hayes. but great opening match these guys are gonna fucking just i, I they think they're innovators and it was hard hitting it was definitely physical i mean it had some shades of classic wrestling just with an updated uh modern version, much like we're seeing with NXT, whether people like it or not, uh, this would be a match. I think a lot of the, uh, older NXT fans or, or the ones that would stick around would enjoy 
and it universally spoke that wrestling language that these guys are stars. I can see both Hayes and Vinci getting called up soon, but I, I realize why these guys need to stay down in NXT because they could be this new standard bearers. This gave Vinci an opportunity away from Imperial to flourish on his own and to show what he could do. And also Carmelo Hayes, that's why they've got him as the North American champion but I could easily see this guy eventually feuding with some of the big stars that are on SmackDown and Raw eventually. Imagine like a Hayes versus Ricochet or something like that. Oh, that would be very cool because I, I believe their styles would probably mesh well. Uh, you brought up a, a tremendous observation there, Ant. And with Vinci, I mean, you could do a lot of fantasy booking. I, I would love to see his style match up with uh, Champa. Even some other NXT stars, AJ Styles. Uh, there's a plethora of talent. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. I mean, I could even see him working with the Scottish Warriors. So there's Gunther. a who's who. I like to see him fight Gunther, his old. Yeah, uh, Gunther. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And mentor. Yeah. Some uh, other Imperial members. That would make for some uh, intriguing television and also some great storytelling. I, I'm a big proponent of both Hayes and Vinci. I, I agree with you. I thought this was the way you start off your heat wave program yes, featuring sir. these two guys. Um, we then see Julius Creed of Diamond Mind backstage and he says he saw something uh, and he's going to address what he saw in the ring tonight. So mm -hmm. someone's been interfering and messing up with Diamond Mind lately. He's going to kind of reveal who it is, giving me like who ran over Stone Cold vibes. Yeah, um, a lot of controversies, what we're talking about on the other program. Yeah, man, back in 98. Uh, we then see Von Wagner doing a promo, and he says he will beat up people who are in his jungle. I haven't really got a chance to really see much of Wagner, so I can't really judge him, but he kind of looks scary, so I guess that. Oh, he's intimidating. He's a, he's a big kid. He's second generation, I believe. Uh, his father was one of the Beverly brothers, but I can't recall which one, but he's a, he's a huge man. I mean, he just, uh, he needs to be booked this way, being scary. Now, whether he's going to get over to the level that he should remains to be seen, but out of respect, I mean, visually he looks very imposing and I've only seen a little bit of him myself. So it's hard for me to really judge his gimmick and how he's been presented so far. Yeah, you're right. That's so crazy that that is his dad. You are correct. He is the the son of um, Bo Beverly. Well, I had to research it, too. I had to just uh, throw it in the Google machine myself because I, I did not uh, realize how many second generation stars in these newer classes or at least recent uh, classes like, of students. Kind of looks like old school. Like He's like, oh, remember the old Geico caveman commercials where it's like a, a caveman can do it. And he's like, really? He would remind you of like the uh, the Neanderthal, but a bigger one, like a muscular one. And that's not a knock. He just has that kind of uh, classic look, like he's just a, a killer, that monster you need. Yes, sir, speaking about monsters, Diamond Mike can watch the ring. And uh, Julius grabs the microphone and he says, we did it all for these NXT tag team titles. Someone is trying to bring down Diamond Mike, and that person is you, Roderick Strong. And Roger grabs the mic and he says, why are you blaming me? I brought you into NXT because I believed in you. You're the future of this place. Julius says, no, we are the now. He says, I know you're going to stab us in the back. 
And then, uh, what is Julius's brother's name? You know what? I don't know. I, like, I don't know either. Because here, to be fair, I have not got a chance to watch a lot of NXT till just recently, so I have to go back and do my homework on some of the names. But I, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of the Creed Brothers overall, and the Diamond Mine faction has a lot of talent. To me, I'm kind of glad maybe they'll wrap this storyline up because it's kind of fell flat to me, even with uh, Roderick Strong being the, the villain, the heel. Uh, I've got nothing but respect for Strong. Uh, but I, I see this going nowhere. I, I don't think it's connecting with the audience like it should. Brutus and Julius. Okay, Brutus. I, I love the name. Um, so, anyways, they Julius you know, says rolls the tape and it shows footage of pretty much Tony D'Angelo looks to be winking at Strong uh, and he gets like, it's like, you know, he's getting signals at Strong and Strong is sending him signals, whatever. And before anything else can happen, Gallus from NXT UK come into the ring and attack Diamond Mine, including Roderick Strong, which spoiler alert, just gonna let right. you know, Fast forward a little bit. Um, they're supposedly going to be doing the NXT Worlds Collide again. So that's why this made sense for Gallus to attack them and set up these matches or, you know, feuds for the future even. Yeah, because they're having, I think, Worlds Collide. is This is going to be a crazy week for wrestling. Right? Oh, I know. It, what is it? The same weekend there's WWE, uh, you know, including NXT and AEW all in one weekend. There's, uh, it's Clash at the Castle on Saturday. Sunday is uh, Worlds Collide, and also Sunday it's All Out for AEW. So, and that will be, I'll be giving a recap for that. So, you, you talk about a busy weekend. We're complaining about just weekly, but one weekend is going to have that much content. So, I, I would imagine podcasters like me and you are going to be busy regardless of what we're covering. I mean, and, and for riders, too, that cover all this stuff. I mean, we are going to have our hands full. Back to school. Back to this. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I, I love the segue there, kind of uh, recreating that uh, that TV transition. Now back to the show, your regular programming. Back to school. Well, I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun soon, September, right? Um, but what did you think of seeing Gallus? So you like the idea of them potentially setting stuff up, but have you seen these guys before? What do you think of them? I had seen Gallus now being uh, transparent. I've got a lot of admiration for what NXT did for the uh, UK and Great Britain, the whole scene over there. And, and it pretty much was already adding a lot of the other European talent. If you think about Gunther and, and all those who are on the main roster now that eventually would come over to compete in the NXT in North America. I like Gallus. I think it's good because not only for Worlds Collide, it's just going to, you know, freshen up everything, give uh, the Creed Brothers and the Diamond Mine some new opponents. So I, I concur that with the creative here, they don't want to uh, make you think maybe that Roderick Strong may actually be innocent. He may not be the one at fault. I mean, you could go a lot of different directions, and that, to me, makes for a compelling case. Yes, it's going to be – this is going to be a great storyline. I'm excited this is going to happen, but Gallus are fucking impressive. 
Um, they are. And I think it's going to help the storyline. I'll probably contradict my previous statement that this wasn't connecting with the audience, but I think you add Gallus and the whole invasion of the other NXT stars. That's what's going to give it the assist that it uh, could use. Yes, yes, yes. Well, speaking of yes, we see Roxanne Perez being interviewed backstage before her match and her match with Cora Jade is up next. And uh, Perez dives onto Cora outside of the ring. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth action with roll-ups between two of them and they nail a double kick boot. Perez nails a Russian leg sweep and gets a two count. Cora nails a modified flatliner and gets a two. And then Cora goes to hit Roxanne with a kendo stick but Roxanne grabs it, but she does a whole baby face thing where she can't hit her with the stick. So Cora ends up grabbing it and nailing Roxanne with DDT on the chemistry stick to get the win. So what'd you think of that one? Uh, it was all the psychology with her having second thoughts because as much as Cora J deserved it, I think they were painting that picture that, hey, listen, I still had that relationship as a friend when uh, speaking of uh, Perez, I felt this was a decent match. It didn't deliver immensely for me, uh, just my opinion on it. I felt it it was still pretty decent. I like the upside to both Core Jade and Roxanne Perez, and I, I can see them having a bright future on the main roster, so the upside is definitely there. I just felt like Core Jade pretty much dominated the match other than a few spots. Uh, I mean, that was just my takeaway. And what were your impressions? Um, I didn't really care so much about this one because Corey Jade never really did it for me. The whole, when the whole situation with the skateboard breaking in half, that just kind of made this whole storyline like, uh, um, little hokey. Yeah. But like, I, it's the same thing they did with Bailey where it's like the good person can't hit her with the kendo stick. It goes against her emotion. It's like, no, come on. Against her morals or something. Yeah, and maybe trying to recreate, speaking of Bailey, some of that earlier NXT magic within this new uh, 2.0 version. Possibly. I just feel like uh, um, uh, I just feel like um, it's going to be a situation. I do like Roxanne Perez, though. I think she's better then Cora, Cora doesn't bother me. I just feel like I just would rather see something new. Um, because and you see it with Perez, to be fair. Yeah, and not for nothing. It's like, dude, like, she fucking attacked you from behind. Did she try, like, almost like going over and shit? Like, maybe not. I don't know. Show all kinds she of probably should have used the kendo stick then. Because if somebody's going to run me over and, and do all these terrible things, then they're going to get their just – I uh, do, and I'm gonna beat the tar out of them with a kindness stick. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But she like she did screw her out of the title. She attacked her with a crowbar. She like, I mean, come on. Like, there comes a point where it's like, I don't get. And even the fans, you are can like, see through it. Like, it becomes they, a little too good. Yeah, like if the fans are being like, "Don't do it," then maybe you can understand the character being like, "Okay." But like, even the fans were like, "Hit her with it," and she just was like looking at it, like, "Oh, what should I do?" Like, uh, hit her with the fucking kendo stick. Wrestling's always been interesting, has it not? I mean, to our our points here, I mean, doing the analysis, it's just when you think you've got it figured out, that's the the, uh, beauty behind it. They always uh, tend to uh, make us think a a different way. Yeah, 
Well, speaking of thinking things a different way, we see the NXT UK Tag Team Champion Jensen and Briggs, they're backstage, and uh, Gallus show up and they challenge them to a match next week on NXT 2.0. Gallus are former NXT UK Tag Team Champions. It's weird seeing these two sort of Southern guys being NXT UK Tag Champions, but um, yeah, so I guess just sort of promoting us for a match next week, which... I'm excited to see. We'll see what these guys. Yeah, do. I mean, it, I, I get your uh, point that it is uh, definitely unique seeing these guys from the south compete against these these British guys, but I think it's going to actually uh, be pretty good matchup, and it's just another way to kind of give the uh, the younger guys who are the NXT UK Tag Team Champions some more experienced workers to help get them even more established to more of the uh, global audiences. And that's why I think the move, why they were competing for the UK brand. So it, it makes a lot of uh, sense, at least for me. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I do. I do. I am excited to see the Southerners with the, versus the Brits. I just think that um, I'm always about, and I can't judge because I don't watch it UK, but I've always been about, like, if you are that branch champion, you need to also be on that show. And I don't, I haven't seen them on it. I mean, and I haven't seen it in UK, so I could be wrong, but, like, I just. They need to represent uh, being the champion, and and to your observation yeah. right then, that they need to be more full-time if they're going to be over there compared to just showing up it kind of reminds you of the draft. We're, we're seeing like a lot of uh, intermingling of all the superstars, which can work for Worlds Collide. It that uh, kind of correlates, but when it, you're doing it too much, like we would see with a lot of the main roster drafts, it got convoluted and where you got confused. Like, I thought these were supposed to be separate brands. Yeah. Well, speaking about separate, another segue. These two guys have been going at it for months. We're going to finally see the street fight, all or nothing. Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo. If Santos loses, he is fired from NXT forever. Um, and it's all or nothing. We see Legato walk outside with Santos before the match. And here are some notes. Santos tosses a chair at Tony. Uh, and then it needs to the face. Tony suplexes Santos onto chairs. Santos dives onto Tony outside the ring, and then Tony accidentally runs into Electra Lopez outside. A lot of action between these guys, but the ending comes when Tony nails Santos with an with a crowbar to get the win. And now Santos Escobar is out of NXT 2.0, which makes us think that eventually he may show up on Raw or SmackDown even as soon as this week. Because to me, that seems like hey. We know this guy's a star. He's put in enough work and time to get some of these new guys over. So the timing seems fitting to bring him up. Yeah, I um, it, it's going to be a different climate now with WWE. So I'm excited to see what Santos Escobar is going to bring to the table and what he's going to do on the main roster. But yeah, he is gone from it. It's, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I, I thought this was okay. I mean, I'm not big on the gimmick matches, and I guess the uh, corny segments with Tony D'Angelo uh, kind of reminiscing like they wanted to create a mafia movie against a Latino street gang. Even though you could make a story out of that, it, it people kind of see through it. 
And to me, I was kind of glad this culminated, or at least was the finale would be the proper term, because it kind of uh, became a little talking about seeing through things. I, I don't know what your take, because you're you're a guy that's Italian. Did you enjoy that aspect? Well, I like seeing um, you know the idea of an Italian person, um, but oh, I'm not knocking that. I just mean from a a storyline point of view. I feel like they kind of. Uh, stereotype a lot of people out of respect of their heritage and and maybe that's wrong for me because i i'm an outsider looking in so to speak well i do agree with you they always every italian gimmick there usually is out there is some sort of like mob stereotype but i always i'm a big heel fan i love the heels so i don't i don't i always i'm like yeah but i do think that they should do something a little bit different um, and, and I guess that's been a wrestling formula, especially going back to the McMahon family, because they kind of did that with Bruno. You know, he was the baby face, but he was representing the Italians. You know, he was. You talk uh, about, you know, parallels with uh, modern and, and then uh, classic vintage wrestling. I mean, hey, Sam Martino and those guys, it doesn't get much better. That's what I was thinking of. It's like those were the original dudes who sort of did it all. But like Tony Angel's doing pretty good. I can't hate on him. Um, but I do think that they should. Start. Oh, I think he's got a lot of uh, potential, and I, I think his partner is very talented. I've seen him on the Indies under a different name, and he's got a a, a great future ahead. I think it'll be better for him to separate himself if they want to go that route from D'Angelo and let D'Angelo just be on his own. I think once you've been in a group after a while, people are that's going to get tiring, and they want to see you repackaged in a certain way. Well, speaking of repackaging, Indy Hartwell is backstage and she gets a letter with a sign on the back saying Index Forever. It's a picture of, it's a drawing of Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell going back to the days when they got married. And Valir Davenport shows up and she's from NXT UK. She's also from AEW. She was known as, um, oh God. Yeah, Bea Priestley. Yes, sir. Uh, and Davenport shows up and she rips up the letter and basically says that she's here now. So again, we're seeing um, NXT UK show up. I mean, here's my question though. No offense to Davenport, but I want to see Mako Satomura. Is that her name? I I think you're correct. I want to see her. If she's the NXT UK Women's Champion, I want to see her uh, get in there and mix up with with, Someone we're going to be talking about after the break, who was one of my favorites, is Mandy Rose. I mean, yeah, if you want to go big, you want to have a their champion, uh, you know, take on the NXT challenger on their behalf and uh, and stuff. But yeah, Blair Davenport, that was pretty cool. And the whole index thing with uh, Dexter Loomis being part of the rehires by Triple H since taking the helm and, and Andy Hartwell. But I wonder, there's an audience that can appreciate this, but uh, for me, I'm going to be a critic of it. It was okay for the first little bit, but I don't, I don't get it. And I don't want to see it drawn out. I, I hope they kind of, we see an end to this. Yeah. Well, speaking of an end, Tyler, I want to send you something before we go on break. Our okay. next action is for the NXT Women's Championship. The NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose. Uh, they with Toxic Attraction. Yeah, important match. Zoe Stark. Now, I want to send you two pictures here. Uh, let's look on your Facebook list. I want to see your reaction live uh, on here. We're going to have to zoom in probably. Um, 
but I, I want to get your take on these. Uh, these All right. Doctor. I'm going to look now. That's probably the message notification that came through. This, and, this, uh, this takes place during the, the match. Just give my internet time to come up. Sometimes it's fast. Sometimes it's like me. It's slow. We're down south. What can you expect? All right. Uh, I was excited for the match, though, because uh, anytime you see Mandy, you get a very nice pack video package of Mandy Rose and her title defenses and her just holding the title and looking good and everything like that, which is great to see. Yeah, she's had quite a run as the, the uh, women's champion for the NXT brand. And uh, my only thought as much as uh, – we think a lot highly of her as far as she does have talent. She's very attractive. That That's evident. Uh, to me, though, how far can she go? Because I believe this may end up holding her down a little bit. That's I'm coming at it from a little bit more of a unpopular take. Yeah, well, of course, it would be coming from a Jim Cornette fan. He's all about doing the now. Now, listen, press. buddy. Now, watch out now. I'm going to have to go to Wendy's after this. <laughs> no, but I hear you, though. I mean, it's a, we're in a weird time. And this is one of my topics. Now we are. With Carlos on Raw. It's almost like the women are being sexualized, but we're not supposed to view them as that way. Like, so it's like you're in a confusing point because it's like, well, if we're not supposed to, then it's almost like then stop doing it. Stop putting it. Like it's weird. It's a weird. Well, I think that the problem is we've saw the Charlotte flares. We're seeing the Becky Lynch's. We, we saw the Sasha banks and, and all these ladies, Bailey's came back and we we've saw the NXT call-ups from EO sky and then Dakota kind. And then we're seeing Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley. And it's like women's wrestling's being taken more seriously again you know, or has been for the past several years, even when Trish and Lita, they were having serious matches. It went all about the brawn pennies. Now I'm not going to say I wasn't enjoying it. You know, I'm going to be honest, but is this the kind of uh, presentation that you want to build your company on? And I think finally we start seeing more of the, the actual women wrestling and not so much the, uh, the sexualization as you were alluding to there. 100%. I mean, but when you see many roads, it's hard to do that. But we're going to take a quick break. Oh, I can agree. When we when we come back, we're going to discuss the NXT Women's title match and the NXT Championship and a new man called the Super Diva. We'll come back and we'll be Stay with us, man. We get out. Welcome back. And uh, before we continue talking about heat, I just want to let you know where you can find the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are available wherever podcasts are streaming, including places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Amazon Music, CastBox, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are streaming, wherever you listen to yours, check us out. Give us a five-star rating or whatever rating. I hope, like Tyler usually says, a 100 out of 100. I hope it's a 10 star rating. That's right, man. Uh, but if it's not 10 stars, give us the highest that you can and listen to us, whether it's on your way to work, on your home from work. Uh, you know, come listen. I know a lot of people have been saying uh, they've been listening to our recaps instead of watching some of the actual stuff. I've been seeing people say that on Facebook. So 
that's cool too so do that but that's a compliment yes also check us out on youtube you can search the uncensored wrestling podcast uh you can subscribe like and hit the notification bell to stay notified when new content comes out and it's so easy when you hit that little that it's like a little alarm bell thing looking you hit it and uh, you get a little text to your phone anytime a new episode drops on YouTube. So do that and leave a comment. We're getting a lot of comments. We read the comments on here and uh, we like to interact with you guys too. So definitely do that. And Tyler, if you don't mind quickly, uh, just telling fans where they can check you out when you're not on here with us at the Uncensored. I don't mind at all. Um, you can uh, check me out. On the uh, Rewind Wrestling Radio Podcast, they are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You can uh, like, follow, and subscribe to the Rewind Wrestling Radio Network or just podcasts in general. And then also Standing Strong with Waylon Myers, the same thing. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on those pages. And uh, you can find that podcast on YouTube. So go like, follow, subscribe. Also, back when, still the debut episode. There'll be more new episodes coming very shortly. And that's on, uh, I believe, some of the similar platforms. There's a recurring theme and Spotify and, and everything else. Part of the SJP uh, network of podcasts. Got a lot of uh, phenomenal content. Pardon the pun. And with respect to AJ Styles and I'm probably leaving out somebody, forgive me. And of course, WrestleBuddy.com. You want the uh, latest news regarding wrestling. You want all the opinion pieces, maybe just podcast overall, then WrestlingBuddy.com is your source, your destination at. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, um, you're very welcome. And also, I just want to say we will be having a special episode this week on Friday, uh, we have a special interview with the director of the documentary, The Ballad of Gia and Frank Disney, John. How cool. And uh, we're going to be having a good talk. It's a very interesting documentary. It's been uh, picked up in different film festivals and will be in India as well very soon. So it's very cool. Documentary is very interesting. And what's cool about this doc is John actually found every footage that's in the documentary online. So he did this all himself. Um, and it's a very, it's a very interesting document. Kind of creepy. There's a little, little stuff to it. So it's got a little bit for everybody. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And we'll talk, break it down more. Uh, break, break it down. Yeah, where's DXF? Where are they? Uh, we do obviously have our Attitude Years episode dropping uh, Monday, which is today, and also Thursday. So we're excited for that. And um, yeah, Ross recaps coming up, Class at the Castle. Also, special on Wednesday, I will be dropping our Broken School Sessions recap with Y2J Chris Jericho. This is a huge two hour episode. Uh, it's not going to be that long, my recap, obviously. But there was a lot of information that Jericho talked about. It was interesting about some backstage stories. You know, remember. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. So that that's dropping. I try to, when I do it, I don't try to go full in. I try to just give like a quick synopsis of what the important bullet points were. Uh, and I always. Did I do on too, too detail? Because 
you just mentioned it two hours that people don't realize that that's a lot of transcribing and writing, even if you're just paraphrasing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of pages on there over. There's a lot, but speaking of a lot, did you get a chance to see those pictures that uh, I sent to you, sir? Oh, I did. Uh, trust me. I was focused on. So there was a huge nip slip that many ruins happened to have on the show. And, uh, Oh, really? And I'm not one to, you know, be shy and you know, not talk about it. It happened to be there. And uh, I, I, I was happy. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm a, a red-blooded American boy. I, you know, I can say I'm okay. I don't think anybody's complaining. I, I didn't say a word. I, I'm defending it. I, I've tried to be morally uh, good, but I've got my moments. I'm human. Listen, the Italian East is a fucking pervert, so that's fine. But let's discuss the match. No, you're not. You're an upstanding citizen who uh, just appreciates culture. That's all. Yep. Um, so. Here, I'm with you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the match now. So we see uh, Zoe nailing a flying punch. Uh, Mandy sends Zoe into the announce table and slams Zoe's injury knee into the table, which is weird. So dark it happens. Um, Toxic end up tripping Zoe, so the referee kicks Toxic Attraction out of the ring, out of ringside, and we see Nikita Lyon show up and she attacks them, taking them out. She ain't paying no more. Uh, yeah, she even up the odds because they they're, they were going to be in that tag team tournament on SmackDown, yeah. but things changed. Yes, sir. Uh, Zoe nails a clothesline, and uh, Mandy Rose nails a right knee, which gets a two count. Mandy trips up Zoe in the ropes, and then she attacks the knee and exposes Zoe's knee pad. Um, she nails her running knee to the face again and gets a two. And then finally, Mandy puts Zoe's knee brace on her own knee and runs a last knee to the face and gets a three count retaining the XD Women's title. What are your thoughts? I thought it was a, a pretty decent matchup. I'm I'm high on Zoe Stark as far as overall ability and talent in the ring. It's not a knock against Mandy Rose. I think this was a good move to send Mandy Rose back down NXT, and eventually I think she will be back on the main roster, and I think that's always a goal for anybody who uh, signs that WWE contract. Uh, you know, I'm only speaking from my vantage point here. Toxic Attraction, uh, they, they were there to distract uh, – literally and of course uh match wise and that's why he had nikita Lyons get her involved at the time it, it made sense from the fact these two were aligned as a tag team so she would come out and, and make a big impact and uh, you know zoe stark to me will be a future nxt women's champion at just not uh the right timing because mandy rose they're still pushing her heavily which I, I always am a big fan of long title runs so i i get why they're doing it She's, she's yeah, you whispered her name. Uh, yeah, quit doing that. That's uh, now I'm distracted. I was distracted by this. We see a new superstar, well, a new wrestler named Quincy Elliott, and he is the super diva. Uh, he's coming soon to NXT. Did you get a chance to see this? I did, and I've seen pics of him uh, talking about an enigma, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way. I'm, I haven't got a chance to see him wrestle. He's giving me sunny kiss vibes. I, I think that's what they're going for. And uh, this is not a knock, but 
I don't see where I'm going to be uh, very high on it. And that's not because of, I know what people are going to say or assume that's not it at all. It's just, it ain't my cup of tea or cup of coffee. Well, you know, a Jim Pratt fans, I can be a fan of this. Oh, now stop it. You, you're just going to get me in trouble. <laughs> no, you ain't going to see this in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You're probably correct. And I know it's a different time. I think, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do here. Like I read, it's, and again, it's not a knack, like be who you are, love who you are, whatever. I feel you. Uh, but my thing is uh, with this situation, um, Velveteen Dream was a little bit different for me, even gold is a little bit different because they, this is just a complete, I don't even know. I don't know if I want to even talk about I mean, about they this. stood out, but yeah, this is a definitely one of those topics. Maybe we should stray away from and we'll I, as I laugh, not being mean, it's just now I'm. We'll talk uh, once he wrestles and once we're able to actually judge him. And I think that's fair. That way we can uh, really recap it or review or with Carlos, because I know he normally joins you on these shows. I'm just being a substitute uh, for today's program. So, yeah, but that's the thing for all of us. We got to wait and see with him. It's, yeah, Quincy, Eliana. We'll see. Uh, speaking of that, Grayson Waller is backstage. And he gets into it, Mackenzie Mitchell, and he trashes Apollo Crews. And Waller will debut his talk show, The Grayson Waller Effect, next week. And Apollo Crews will be his first guest. Uh, Grayson Waller's a really good heel. There's something about him that's interesting. Yeah, he gets out of your nerves. You, you want to see him get beat up, and that he's doing his job. He's doing a great job at that. Well, we have come to the end of our show. The NXT Championship is on the line. The NXT Champion, Braun Breaker, son of Rick Steiner, defending against J.D. McDonough. Is that they're calling him? I here? think so. Madonna, uh, I said Madonna. Yeah. Listen to me. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of tough to say, but he used to be Jordan Devlin, or that was his name in the U.K. brand. The Irish Ace. That's where I Yeah, the it. Irish Ace, yeah. That's where I got the Italian Ace, man. But now they you stole his gimmick. You just made it because you're Italian and he's he's Irish. I, well, I, got I, you. Didn't, I didn't want to steal it. I just made it better. Oh, so you improved upon it. Okay. Um, yeah, I did what he couldn't do. Um, so Ron comes down with a sledgehammer and he breaks a box with JD's names on it. I'm kind of getting initial. I'm kind of getting tired of seeing this uh, thing where he's just breaking things. It's doing nothing for me. This whole match. Uh, was a letdown. I mean, these guys are talented. We just talked about he was the Irish ace and, and Rick Steiner. Uh, this is his son, Brian Breaker. I want to keep calling him Steiner because he looks so much like his dad and, and his uncle Steiner. Scott. We're going to call him Steiner. Yeah, I mean, to me, he should be Brian Steiner or something like that, but Brian Breaker, so that's what's throwing me off. And You know, it was an okay match. I get we're from the storytelling aspect, you know, JD was more the surgeon here, more technical, and you had a breaker who possesses all the power and strength game and, and everything, but it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I could get into it. I, I'm not sure the fans in Orlando were buying into it. And this is supposed to be the main event for heat wave for a, for a big program. Now I know it's not a premium live event or pay-per-view, but it would be an equivalent to it or close. Well, this is going to be fucked up, but here's my opinion. I honestly think if you look at the common denominator, it's usually Braun Breaker. His matches haven't been good. He's been having these main event matches, and they're not great. He's he still fighting. needs time. Yeah, like he keeps fighting all these people, and it's like, I mean, he fought Ciampa. That wasn't good. 
he fought didn't he fight Cameron Grimes at one point? I think so. He fought like, uh, Grimes as well. To your point, like he's fighting all these people and they're not great. And I don't want to blame anybody, but you kind of have to. Even Dave Corrigi, too. That doesn't really matter. But I just want to throw that out there for people who don't know. Um, but yeah, let's they confirmed the that on social media. Yeah, go ahead. You can talk so about the match. Ron nails a walking delayed suplex, which is cool. He uh, then uh, he nails a belly to belly, and then a standing moonsault gets a two count. Uh, JD nails a neck breaker across the steel trust holding the turnbuckle in place. That was cool. Um, breaker nails a Frankenstein, which gets a two count. JD nails a Spanish fly off the top rope and a brain buster, which only gets him a two count. Uh, Braun spares JD twice. JD then smiles and Breaker nails a third spear in a military press slam and gets a three count win. After the match, before Breaker can continue celebrating the win, NXT UK champion Tyler B comes out. And spoiler alert for those of you who are watching UK, the UK title tournament still hasn't ended yet. But if they're going to talk about it on TV, we're going to talk about it on here. So NXT UK champion Tyler B comes out and he stands face to face with the NXT champion, Braun Breaker. So what do you think? This match, I think, will be the one to test if Breaker is ready or not, because Tyler Bate can have a good match. With oh, him. Tyler Bate, if there's something wrong, if you can't uh, put together a match with him, because his uh, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, Braun Breaker, I can see where he's been wrestled a little bit because of his look, his size, and being that lineage of the Steiners and everything definitely has a lot of uh, – the potential, I mean, that's that's obvious. That's kind of a no-brainer where he wouldn't have uh, held the championship and, and retained it in this match. I just don't uh, – I, I don't know. It, it's hard to think of the right terminology when describing what Breaker needs or could use. I mean, this was a good opponent for him, the Irish Chase, uh, J.D., and I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to mess it up. So that's that's why you I'm refraining from that. I yeah. Was, no. You, you were fine. Quit, quit beating yourself up. And yes, Cornette rules. I'll just throw that in there. And uh, yeah, but I think Ron Breaker, he's limited. So he, he does, he's kind of getting, you know, on match training by these other opponents. And there's so much that probably JD was able to throw into the, the match setup and breaker as well. So they were only able to do so much. So that's why I think it's, we probably it's the fans fault because we have these high expectations and we have to remember that a lot of these guys are newer yeah. and they're getting into a newer system. So that's where we have to kind of uh, take a step back and we're probably a little bit too unfair because I, I admire him. I wish I could do some of the moves he could in the ring and uh, be that big and, and have that kind of physique. But I mean, it is what it is. We got to give our opinions. And I, I hate to say this match was disappointing to be the main event and for the NXT championship. Well, also too, I just want to say really quick, I think we're on the same wavelength here. Cause I was thinking, I was just about to add a point that it matches your point that like, I'm used to seeing Johnny Gargano versus Andrade, Johnny Gargano versus Chamba, Adam Cole versus Gargano, uh, Balor versus Joe, like, right. Versus Riley. You know, these are, but these guys are legit dudes have been in there longer they made the transition to newer guys because they wanted NXT to be more developmental. It was becoming so good that it was actually they did. And so now you have these young guys who really, some of them can hold it, but that's where I don't understand. This is where I don't get with WWE. All right. 
understand Carmelo Hayes isn't the biggest guy. But in my eyes, he's probably the one that stood out to me during this whole show, him and and just give him he did that that first match to me was probably the best match actually i mean no no disrespect to any other match on the card but those guys really stood out to me i i can see where you're coming from they made an impression uh quickly and they have been prior with their matches with other people uh it's just this match for the north american championship i think too with Braun, sorry to cut you off. I think no. he's the Roman treatment. And again, I'm a heel guy. I love where him. he was forced a little bit, I think, to, to be positioned. Up. They they pushed him quickly. They, well, I think they needed to to drop the I'm smiley Braun Breaker. He comes out with sledgehammer breaking things and he's smiling happy. No, you have to be a nightmare. You have to, if you're that big and jacked, you can't be a friendly guy. If you have if you're friendly, you have to be protecting somebody to be friendly. You can't just be going out in the world being that big. Turn up his aggression more. You know, he's like trying to be like her angle almost. And it's weird to me because it's like you're a fucking big dude. Have him lose a title and then just fucking annihilate the people and then build them up and have them win it again because with roman they hated him i was always a roman fan even when they were booing him i was a big roman fan but when they turned him heel now what does everybody do they oh they they're over the moon i mean that was the best move they they could have made because they were forcing him so much because they tried it before and he wasn't getting over with the people they were getting sick of him and now he's their biggest star i mean he's even bigger than what people would imagine him and what's sad too is you and I both really don't watch NXT religiously. And for us to know that Breaker has had bad match after bad match is kind of sad because it's like I feel bad for people who watch him weekly. It's yeah, like, I feel bad for the audience, but I feel bad for the talent. I, I do feel bad for Breaker because I want to see him succeed. And I think he is in some ways, but it's just not it's not connecting for some reason. If and, this was like 2003, it would. I see him, like, when I see his style, it's cool. I like him because he brings me back, like, when he wears the leather jacket and the fucking, like, like, it reminds me of it's that. It's reminiscent of uh, his family. I hate to keep going to that point, but, I mean, this guy's a stunner. You, you do get those feels. This is just the, the newer generation of Rick and Scott. I mean, yeah. well, and, and one more thing I was going to add, and I don't mean to cut you off either, but to, to your uh, point about Samoa Joe, Johnny uh, Gargano, and, and Champa, all those guys, they were seasoned elsewhere before they, you know, came to NXT, Adam Cole and those guys. So that made a huge difference. Yeah. Well, it's a shame, though, because when here's what bugs me about the three at the time. They didn't want to push these indie guys, and they were the ones that were stealing the show every night. So it's almost like... I get annoyed because these are the guys that I enjoyed. Um, but also I was a big Mauro and Ello fan, you know, so I, I enjoyed the sort of weird. Oh, I, I was a big fan of, of Ronaldo as well. He brought a passion kind of like Jim Ross used to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm not mean to mean Jr. He's just in a different role right now compared to what he was when we're doing the raw recaps, but he, even those you can feel his intensity. Uh, calling the matches. So I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of Morrow's as well. Uh, and, and also we just have to put in, in retrospective that, you know, this is a different NXT. I, I think as much as we love the black and gold brand and it was revolutionary at the time and what division triple H had and all the stars you have for mention. I think that's the big key though, is uh, 
it depended on which independent talent though, because you, you didn't want to take every independent wrestler. There was a lot that were going to have the same struggles as we would see even a Brian Breaker coming from a different background. You know, they talked about WWE signing all these different athletes, which I get, because that's not an uncommon theme. If you think about it, Paul Orndorff was out of a football career and he became a great, one of the best wrestlers of all time. I mean, one of the greatest heels. Yes, I, I agree with you. So let me just go over quickly um, what is supposed to happen next week on uh, NXT 2.0. And next week, we did talk about this earlier, the Grayson Waller effect will debut with guest Apollo Crews. We then have Gallus taking on the NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Uh, now that you say... The father is full. I'm going to try to figure out which one to have to look and see which one it is. Uh, and also, this must be interesting. Tiffany Stratton taking on Wendy Chu in a lights out match. How could I forget that? And they even had a segment, but it, trying to piece it all together sometimes, especially when it's been a week after, is a little tough sometimes. Yeah, and it, it was, I, I don't know, weird, weird situation here with that. And Apollo Cruz. I think he's going to be challenging breaker because he teased that anytime they look at the belt, it's like, well, that may be a possible contender in the future. Could be. Very well could be. Well, that is it for our uh, NXT heat wave. We're done already. We are done already. It was a uh, pretty quick show. I'm surprised uh, how uh, fast it went by. It could have gone a bit better, but uh, that's just my take. What, what would you give this show? What do you rate it from A, B, or C? I'd still give it a C. C, yeah. If it wasn't for that opening match, it, I would have even tried to maybe give it a B, but that would have been a little too kind because if I'm going to be completely uh, open here, uh, this this just whole event did not live up to uh, the expectation. And whether fair or, or unfair, it, I don't know. I think you still got to give it a C. I mean, if it wasn't for that opening match, it may even be a lower grade or at least a, a, a C minus. How, how do you do the school rating? I mean, I, it's been so long since I've been in school. So I just do listen. If you get a C, you suck. If you get an A, you're great. Yeah. Well, it definitely didn't deserve an A or a B, but I'd give it a C. And that's probably harsh, but I, there were so many matches and even angles that were disappointing. I, I can't help it. Well, we will see y'all later in a little bit. Um, we're going to be dropping our Attitude Years episode 26 recap, I think. I think so. We're on what? Uh, we were at the first of the May last one, so it'd be the second week of May, I guess. Yeah, it will be uh, covering May 11th. We're live in Baltimore. Yes, May 11th. I, I have to, to keep up with all these dates. Uh, Ant does such a wonderful job. I, I have to is, uh episode 26 i feel so happy when i get my episodes right um so stay tuned for that um, i'm looking forward to it and yeah thank you for checking out nxt heatwave we'll be back next week with our nxt 2.0 recap tyler thank you for joining me oh Everybody, no problem happy to stay safe y'all and i will talk to you all soon bye